This is Bible Talk with Percy Garrett, and we're talking about a great Bible nugget. And we're going to be talking about the sequence of salvation. What comes first? Does repentance come first? Does faith come first? Does baptism come first? What comes first? Does confession come first? Those are the questions of many Christians. Although they are already saved, they still have questions about the sequence. And all of the ungenerate are in doubt of how it all works out. But the Bible is clear on the sequence of salvation. When Christ went to uh, when Nicodemus went to Christ, he had it on his mind. His mind was thinking, what must I do to be saved? Those are not the words that are written down in John chapter 3. But Jesus Christ, being God in human flesh, knew what was on the mind of Nicodemus. When Nicodemus showed up, he said to Christ, you must be sent from God. For no man can do what you do except God be with them. Nicodemus was searching for what he knew not. Because when he was face to face with God, he didn't know him. He saw Jesus Christ as a good man who God used to do miracles. He didn't see him as the king of kings and lord of lords. He couldn't because he was dead in his nature. He was still in the old Adam, which deemed him dead to spiritual things. You see, many times we believe that we seek God, we accept God, we come to God, yet the scripture tells us that there's none good, no, not one, there's none righteous, no, not one, there's none that seeketh after God. No, not one. There's none that understandeth. No, not one. For that reason, no man will ever accept Christ.
No one would ever confess Jesus Christ as God, as Lord. No one will ever believe that God has raised him from the dead. No one will ever repent. Unless God first does a work in them. And that's exactly what Nicodemus needed was the work of God in him. God had to give him a new heart, a new mind. Otherwise, he would never know who Jesus was in this life. And in the life to come, he would know, but it would be too late. Paul said, at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord, that he is God. The saints will say, praise the Lord, Jesus is come. Give him, give him glory. And the unsaved unregenerate man will say Jesus is God and we have blown it it will be too late at that time the unregenerate man will incur the eternal wrath of God so God must do something to save man from man's own dilemma because man cannot do it himself so Christ tells Nicodemus what to, what had to be done I almost said he tells Nicodemus what to do but he didn't do that he told Nicodemus what has to be done he said except a man be born again he cannot even see the kingdom of God Unless a man is born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Nicodemus was a Pharisee. And Jesus said he was a teacher of Israel. Yet he could not enter the kingdom of God in that state that he was in. He was a a man among many in Israel. The Pharisees and the scribes were teachers of God's Bible. But they did not know God. I mean, God showed up and made himself known to them. John the Baptist would even shout out, Look, behold, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. They should have known that. That that Lamb was God in human flesh. The Old Testament prophets proclaimed that he would come. 
and that he would make intercession for many, that he would give his life as a lamb for the slaughter. They should have known, especially when he began to do the works of God, when he began to walk on the water and control the elements, control the weather, speak to the storm and said, peace be still, and everything became calm. The waves lose their wrath and their rage. They should have known when he began to cast out demons, showing his power over the satanic world. They should have known that he was God. When he fed the 5,000 with two fish and five loaves of bread, they should have known. And some of them were at the wedding of Cana of Galilee. For they ran out of wine, and Jesus turned 130 gallons of water into the best wine at the wedding. They should have known. When he healed the lepers, when he made the blind see, the dumb talk, and the lame walk, they should have known that God was among them. They should have known at the virgin birth. They should have remembered what Isaiah said. A virgin shall be with child. And they should call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. They should have known. They should have known without a doubt. When Jesus wept at the grave sight of his friend Lazarus and said, I am the resurrection and the life. If a man believes in me, Though he were dead, yet shall he live. And John, John 11, 26, he was going to say, and if a man lives and believes in me, he shall never die. They should have known that this was God. Only God can make men alive and keep men alive for eternity. Only God can do that. So here we have the Pharisee, Nicodemus. And Christ tells him, except a man be born again, he cannot even see the kingdom of God. What? Should a man enter again into his mother's womb? A 215-pound man going back into the womb of his 120-pound mother? How can that be? Well, Jesus had to let him know that it was a spirit, it was a spirit's work. 
It is he, the third person of the Trinity, who will bring about the born again experience. And the born again experience is a simple task for God. God can do it, but we can't. The born again experience is God's work of bringing a damned man and unregenerate man out of the old Adam who died in the garden. And remember, in Adam all die. If you remain in the old Adam, you die and go to hell. You can't go to heaven if you are in the old Adam still. So the Holy Spirit, at the moment at the moment you're born again, at the moment you're saved, brings you out of the old Adam. And bring you into union with the new Adam, which is Christ. You you uh, you become joined with the new Christ for eternity. That's what the born again experience is. And if you have been born again, that is the first element in the sequence of salvation. Then, once you've been born again, you can be you can be baptized. Why can you be baptized after you're born again? Because now you have faith. Now you have belief. Now you have trust in Jesus Christ, that he's God, that he's Savior, and that he's your Redeemer. And that he died and was buried and was raised again the third day. You cannot do that. You cannot believe if you have not been born again. You're dead. No ear has heard, no eye has seen, nor has it entered into the mind of man. The thing that God has in store for those who love him. But God had revealed it to us by his spirit. But the natural man, the unsaved man, cannot understand these things. Neither can he know them. Because they're foolishness to him. Because they are foolishness to him. When Christ told Nicodemus that you got to be born again, what did he say? You are saying that I got to enter into my mother's womb again and be born? So what he was saying is what the rest of the world says. This is foolishness. The gospel is foolishness. To them that perish. But to us who are saved, it is the power of God. And Paul says the same thing in Romans chapter 1, verse 16. He says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because it is the power of God 
to save to, to everyone that believe to the Jew first then also to the Greek the Gentiles and I like verse 17 for therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith as it is written the just shall live by faith but go back to the first phrase for therein is the righteousness of God revealed God's justice is revealed in the gospel God's justice is satisfied through the gospel so, so God is is righteous in saving sinners because of the gospel and then because a man is saved by the gospel of Jesus Christ God's own righteousness is imputed given to the new saint The old sinners sinned when Peter to Christ at the cross and the righteousness of Christ was imputed to the new saint who used to be a sinner but now he's a saint saved by grace. The new man is a saint saved by grace. He has a new image, a new image now. He has a brand new nature now. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. As Adam was created without sin, the new man, the new you, is created without sin. Your new nature. Your body has not been redeemed yet. Romans chapter 8, verse 23 says that we are waiting for the redemption of our bodies. But our, our, our old natures are gone. We have a brand new nature now. And that, and that nature is conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. That, that new nature is in Christ, and Christ is in him or her. We have now put on the image of God by God's own power nothing that we did it was God's power Ephesians 2 10 says we are his workmanship God's workmanship we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus we can't do that God does that unto good works which God beforehand ordained that we should walk in them We have been created in God's image. We have what Adam lost. When Adam sinned, he lost the image of God. He was no longer a spiritual man. He had now become a natural man. Well, Paul says, we're not mere men. We're not natural men. We are spiritual men. Supernatural men. And we see that described to us in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 24. 
where he said, put on a new man. Put on who you are. Take off the old man who is dead and, and is still in the old Adam. Put on the new man which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. That's you if you're born again. You are, you are in the image of God created in righteousness and true holiness. You're a new creature in Christ. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. There's a new you now. And that new you now has the ability to see the rest of the sequence of salvation in his or her life. First of all, you have to be born again. Or you could not believe. But once you're born again, you your eyes are open. You can know that Jesus Christ is God. First Corinthians chapter twelve, verse three says that no man can say that Jesus is God or Lord but by the Spirit. When you're born again, then you can know that Jesus is God. Otherwise you can never know. I, I remember reading in First Corinthians chapter two. When looking at Herod and Pontius Pilate and Caiaphas, the high priest and the answer high priest, Paul said, if the rulers of this world had known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. They didn't know that Jesus was God. They didn't know it. They couldn't know it. That's why Christ, when he was on the cross, died. He looked down at them and said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. They didn't know that God was on the cross. They could not know it because they were mere natural men. Somebody will say, show me in scripture where the Bible says that God was on the cross. I do that for you, my brothers and my sisters. Because you need to know this. You need to know that God was in Christ on the cross. So if you turn to Second Corinthians chapter five, verse nineteen. God's called apostle Paul said these words. To wit, God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself not counting their sins against them. God was in Christ on the cross, reconciling you to himself, making peace a peace that you didn't make and a peace you cannot break. And the reason that you can't break that peace is because he has counted your sin against Christ and punish him for all of your sins, past, present, and future. And remember, 
When Christ died, all of your sins were future. He died for all of them. Titus chapter, Titus chapter 2, verse 14. He says, Who gave himself for us, that he might deliver us, that he might redeem us from all iniquities. Jesus did not die for some of our sins. He died for all of our sins. And once you're born again, once you have been regenerated, once he has quickened you, once he has made you alive, then you believe. Then you can be baptized. So you see, you're not saved by baptism. You're baptized because you are saved. Consider the Ethiopian eunuch in Acts chapter 8. Philip preached the gospel to him out of Isaiah chapter 53. And he became a believer. And we know that because he asked Philip to baptize him. And Philip said, if you believe, you can be baptized. And the eunuch said, I believe that Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. Showing that he had been born again already. Because he could not say that Jesus is the Messiah, that Jesus is the Son of God, but by the Holy Spirit. Remember now, the Holy Spirit is he who ushered Philip to the chariot of the eunuch. It is the Holy Spirit who, in, who empowered Philip to give the gospel to this eunuch. It is the Holy Spirit who brought about the born-again experience in the, in the life of this eunuch. Therefore, he could say that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And if he's the Son of God, he is God because he cannot be God's Son without having the same nature, the same eternal nature as God. So, in this sequence of salvation, we now have the born-again experience, a regeneration, and faith, belief, trust. Keeping in mind that faith, trust, and belief are synonymous words, which means to have confidence in, to rely on, to depend on. Once you're born again, you can depend on Jesus Christ for your salvation. You can have confidence in him for saving you. 
then you can confess that he's God. Actually, you have the born again, the born again experience. Then you have trust, a faith. Then you have your confession that he's God. And then baptism. Then, then you can have water baptism, which is a picture of what has already occurred on the inside of you. You have uh, been a partaker of a mystical union with, with Jesus Christ the moment you're born again. The moment you're born again, you become one with Christ. You're baptized into him, and you become a partaker of his, of his death, burial, and resurrection 2,000 years ago. And baptism, water baptism, symbolizes that. The Holy Spirit does that for you at the moment you're born again. Consider the first Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13. Where Paul says that we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit. You, you as, a, as a born again Christian, have been baptized into Christ into his death, burial, and resurrection. Paul says that in Romans chapter 6, that you have been, that you died with Christ, that you were buried with Christ, and that you rose to newness of life in Christ. And water, and water baptism is a picture of that. You're saved by Holy Spirit baptism. Water baptism, water baptism is a witness to your already Holy Spirit baptism. Now, that you've been water baptized, and it takes you all the way back to Confession, faith, and regeneration are the born-again experience. And I left one out. I need, I need to put this, this other one in here. Repentance. And many people believe that you repent before you are baptized. And you should be. You should repent before you're baptized. I believe that. But then the, the, other, the others who believe that you, are, that you repent before you are born again. But you cannot. Because you're dead. Ephesians 2.1 You who were dead and trespassing in sin, has he quickened? 
has he made alive. So until he makes us alive, we cannot repent. By the way, Romans chapter 11, verse 18 tells us that repentance has to be granted to us. It's a gift. Salvation is a gift in all of its areas, including repentance. Peter had preached to Cornelius the Gentile. And he he was speak, he was relaying that event to the leadership in Jerusalem. And after he had told about this great event with Cornelius, they proclaimed that God has granted repentance unto salvation to the Gentiles. It's not something that the, that the Gentiles on their own conjured up. No, it's something that God granted them. So, the sequence of, of salvation is all of God's work. Number one, got to be born again. Number two, that's faith. Number three, that's confession. That Jesus is God. And, and that's what we have to understand also. Many times we ask uh, men and women to come to the Lord by confessing their sins. And sin should be confessed. But but what brings about salvation is not confessing your sins. That doesn't do it. What we should be confessing is that Jesus Christ is Lord. He's God. Consider Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10. Paul says that if you believe in your heart, that God has raised him from the dead. And confess with your mouth, your lips, that Jesus is Lord. You shall be saved. For with the heart, man believes unto righteousness. And with the mouth, Confession is made unto salvation. Confession that Jesus is God, that he's Lord. But you can't do any of that. You can't do any of that until you're born again. So the first segment in the sequence of salvation is the born again experience. Then the Holy Spirit shows you that Jesus is Lord. He's God. Then you can believe. Then you can have faith. Trust. Then you can confess. Yes, Jesus is God. Jesus is my 
Lord, then you, then you can repent. Repent of what? Number one, the sin of unbelief in, in Jesus as God. Unbelief in God's Son. Repent of that. And yes, I do believe that once we have done all that, there will be a true confession, a true repentance of sins. And we showed that by the way we walk. We showed that by the way we talk. We showed that by our rejoicing in the Lord. I hope that edifies you and make the sequence of salvation a little bit clearer. And remove any doubt that God has saved you from his own wrath. This is just a gospel nugget that I wanted to share with you today. I'm going to give you a benediction, and I want you to listen to this benediction real closely, real close. This benediction shows you that when God saves you, he completes the job. Now unto him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before his presence with exceeding joy. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty both now and ever. Amen. This has been Bible Talk with Percy Wilson Garrett. I want to thank you for sharing this with me. It is my hope that you are blessed and that you serve God with all your heart, with all your mind, and with all your soul. See you next time.